0: No, don't. Kevin and I are at different energy levels this morning.
1: Yes, I'm at zero, and <laughs> she's apparently at nuclear perky.
0: Well, I wouldn't say that, but uh. I I do feel a little alert this morning.
1: Well, the world always needs more alerts.
0: <laughs> um, so here we are. What is this week four?
1: Uh, or th- yeah, I guess it's just the fourth one. Yeah, was it really going well? well. <laughs> Going well. Week four. Actually, it's week seven then. But right. We've only well,
0: got we had to take a few weeks <laughs> off here and there. We did. How's your week been? Uh, good. How's I'm back at work. Um, lots of stuff going on mm. and uh, feeling pretty good. Um, been knocking some doors. Last night I was out in the valley knocking doors and it turns out that um, dogs roam free. In in the valley, valley. yes. (laughs) Dingoes eat your baby and your dogs (laughs) are free. So I was in this one particular neighborhood with one of those like grassy knolls in the middle of a larger court, and was Mm -hmm. greeted by like six rogue dogs um, just out frolicking. All pack. So, well, yeah. It seems like they've formed a pack. I think they all come from different households around this little court, but. Um, You know, they always tell you as a politician that you have to watch out for dog bites at some point, but when it's actually happening, you're just kind of, like, frozen. So all these dogs come up to me, and I was like, oh, geez, (laughs) what do I do, (laughs) you know? And luckily, all of them were friendly, but I'm just sure that I will encounter some that's not... Are you... Usually, they're behind a fence, and they're, like, yelling at me, and I know not to knock on that door, but um, between the uh, fire, smoke, and the wind, and the dogs, last night was a little hairy, so... Yeah, the, s- the smoke has been insane. Really but bad.
1: Are you a dog person? Or I a am cat a dog person? person. Oh, well, see, then I wouldn't think that you'd have problems with it.
0: Well, you just never know. I mean, I'm my dog person. You know uh, what I mean? Like, I love my dog and people's dogs that I know, but when strange dogs walk up to you and you're not exactly sure how they're going to greet you. But, um, you know, it's nice to be back out on the doors, and despite the weather, it makes it a little hard to get around.
1: Yeah. What you want to talk about first politics or the weather or Let's the fires? Let's talk about the weather. Let's okay. talk about the fires. <laughs> uh, I
0: woke up one morning and looked outside and there was just it's hazy. a
1: haze. Exactly. And everybody's like, oh, is it fog? Is it fault? No, it's actually smoke. <laughs> Yesterday <laughs> right. ashes were falling from the sky as if Mount St. Helens. Yeah.
0: It makes again. it really hard to breathe. I forget. Cause we had a couple of summers there where it wasn't too bad. Remember when the Canyon ferry fire was going on and basically uh, for like a month, you couldn't open your windows here. I don't know so if smoky. I was back for that or not. Yeah. I
1: remember that we had a, we've had a couple of summers that were smoky, but I don't remember fire out at Canyon Ferry. Of course, oh, yeah. that could just be because I wasn't paying attention. It
0: went on for a good month, and it was like the month of July, and it was the hottest month, and you couldn't open your windows because the smoke was so bad. Um, I think it was maybe 2007-ish. Yeah, fun. Anyways, um, makes it a little difficult to breathe. Sometimes. Yeah,
1: and, and we've had that, but I'm used to growing up here, and every August is like that. It's like, you know, it's fire season, and how right. can you tell? Because you can't see the sun. <laughs>
0: Or if you do see the sun, like last night, the sunset, it was amazing because it was like bright red sun <laughs>
1: right right because it looks like you know nuclear it's on fire
0: <laughs> exactly but it's been nice i'm uh enjoying the last days of summer it's gonna get cold soon it's, it, it's football got, weather though it's,
1: it is football weather and it has gotten cold really quickly yes like this morning At i got night. up and i used to wear <laughs> shorts because i'm an idiot but uh you wear
0: shorts all year i know mm, come on
1: <laughs> i realize this uh, but i got up this morning and i was like uh oh, it's a little chilly because i was thinking we could record the show outside but then mm. i was like mm, no, no
0: and they're still weed eaters
1: Oh, are there? Yes. Mm, bastards.
0: <laughs>
1: so football season. Football season, you yeah. You can so smell it in the air. Well, yeah, and you can see it online, <laughs> everybody, because, uh, yeah, the first two games were last Friday, and actually they went really well. We had a little bit of a hiccup um, with MSU Northern mm. um, and the Carroll game, which was really unfortunate. <laughs> it was kind of funny. We missed the first quarter, well, most of the first quarter. And uh, How come? The internet wasn't working. Um, But two things that were very interesting that happened. One was that, um, because the internet was supplied by CenturyLink, which used to be Quest. Um, I called Quest, and obviously it's not my account. It's owned by the university. Right. But I called Quest, and not only did they look up the account, they sent a tech. You know, I'm not the customer, and I was wow. telling them what was going on. They're like, "Yeah, we'll send a tech out," and that was awesome. That's that, great. That, you know, so that it's level that
0: have of, our customer service. No, that's the customer <laughs>
1: service of CenturyLink, and I think that's really interesting because Quest customer service was basically like, "Oh, where the phone company bite me." <laughs> you know, so um, so I thought that was really cool. So you know, shout out to CenturyLink because they really did do and they stepped above and beyond, and they they knew what was going on, and they were like, "No, we'll get somebody out there." Nice. Um, turns out um it was a fairly easy fix once we figured out what it was got it fixed got up online and everybody was happy but what was really funny is that before we got it up online of course everybody's tuned into the um live stream right but it's offline so it's just bars it's not bars and tones because it doesn't send out tone that would be really annoying but it's just bars and it says offline and at one point and there's a chat room that people can uh-huh. chat in, and at one point people are, one guy goes um just curious are there really 350 people watching an offline signal <laughs> And I chat back, yes, I'm terribly sorry. Well, we're so sorry. <laughs> so who won? Um Carol, uh pretty decisively. Um and uh it was it was a good game. It was a good game. And then the other game was uh Rocky was playing against Jamestown, but they were playing in Miles City. So that was put on by um the cable company out there mid rivers mm. i think is the mm-hmm. i'd have to check anyway they put it on it was a, it was a great game but rocky just stomped on the jimmies mm. um we, did you have to go there no okay. <sighs> thank god no <laughs> Miles said a bit of a that would be hell yes um no i was here and i you know i was watching both of them and i had them both up and i was doing some other stuff that has to be done for them but uh it was literally one of those um Impressive. One of those games where you realize that the Frontier Conference, because Rocky is a good team, a very good team, Mm -hmm. but in the Frontier Conference, they're still middling. (laughs) It's like the Frontier Conference is really good. Right. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this week, um, Carol is going to play against Portland State. So they're playing against an NCAA team in the Big Sky, which is the first time Carol has ever done that. Um, it'll be a really, really cool game. Um, but it's, you know, the difference between the two leagues is pretty impressive. So it'll come down to a lot more, you know, if Carol can make their strategies happen. And mm-hmm. and it should be a good game. It will be on the web, even if I have to kill someone to make that happen. Right.
0: <laughs> even if you have to drive through the night. <laughs>
1: um, I do have to drive through the night. And I have to go to Southern Oregon, which is a different game. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, so then we have um, Rocky is playing at uh, Dickinson State mm-hmm. and... Uh, Western Montana is playing at Southern Oregon, and Eastern Oregon is playing at Tech. Now, the Eastern Oregon at Tech game is pay-per-view, so if you're going to watch that, you're going to spend seven bucks. Nothing I can do about it. They decided to go with a different system. Not my problem. Um, And good luck to them. Uh, But you'll be able to see the other three games online. Which will be which will be really good. I mean, the, the Rocky game against Dickinson is going to be awesome. It's the first time Rocky's actually played at Dickinson's. Normally, the season starts with Dickinson playing at Rocky mm-hmm. as a non-conference game. Um, they didn't do that this year because Rocky played against Jamestown and Dickinson's part of the conference. So, they moved it into the conference and Rocky went out there. So, it'll be interesting. That'll mm. be fun. And then... Um,
0: so like every weekend over the next few weeks, for the next 10 you weeks, have several
1: there's, games. There's, uh, except for one weekend, there's four games every, every Saturday.
0: And you are in charge of the I make sure
1: for all of this. I make sure that they have um, their commercials and their live reads and um, their technology is set up and they know who's doing what and that it gets on air and I'm there to support them. Like they call me in panic when stuff goes wrong. Wow. So it'll be, it's fun. You know, the thing is, is that I, I really like my job. I love going to football games, and so mm-hmm. I really like my job. But I'd like to be able to watch the football games again. <laughs> this will be right. the way this year is looking right now. It looks like I'm not going to get to see Carol again until I might see the homecoming game, and that would be the first game that I'll see, which is September 21st. Just because 22nd. you have
0: to be other places, or you're busy. Because I, I'm
1: busy working with three games, mm-hmm. and, and you know, football is really important. Plus, it kicks off the year, and we've got new teams in place. And so, like next week, this weekend's stressful because I have to go all the way to Southern Oregon, which is 15 hours away. <sighs> Uh, And uh, sorry, don't mean to bore you.
0: No, no, I'm just thinking 15 (laughs) hours is long. That was a sigh.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm very excited to listen to a lot of podcasts that I've gotten behind on. Yes. Um, And not my own. I'm pretty well (laughs) up to date on my own. Um, But I, I have to go to Southern Oregon this weekend and I have to deal with some stuff in Portland. So I'm kind of back and forth the 10 hours that it'll take to get between the two twice and then have to come back. And I've got the play and all this other stuff. But next weekend, I have to go to Dylan because it's our first home game. I don't know why I forgot to turn <laughs> the phone off.
0: People are calling us. Kevin's important. People are not calling me anymore. <laughs> um, next uh, weekend.
1: Yeah. Next weekend, I'll be down in Dylan because they have an entire new team of people because everybody that was working there last year kind of left. Not kind of left. Actually left. They're gone. Right. <laughs> Which... You know, that happens when you're dealing with students, but I had a couple of people that, that weren't students that were working, but the AD left as well. So pretty much it's a whole new regime down there, Oh wow! which, you know, and they found some good people. They're very excited about it and they're looking forward to doing things a little bit differently. Last year, it was very much that team did stuff. And so nobody else got trained, which I, you know, I didn't like that. They were a great team. They did a great job. Um, in fact, they were one of the best. I'm really kind of pissed they're gone, but because they didn't train any students, they didn't have any fallback if somebody left because they didn't have anybody else that could step in. Mm-hmm. So now we're in this situation where we're starting over from ground zero with them, which I don't want, you know, it's much better to train a whole bunch of people and add people in and have students involved. And yes, the students are going to graduate, but you have other students coming in so you can constantly cycle training people. Right. Up. So,
0: so these on the ground teams, they're also like camera operators and stuff like that. Too?
1: Yeah. So they generally f- consist of a director, a runner, uh, three camera people, and then an announcer. Wow. Yeah.
0: An announcer, that would be a fun job.
1: Yeah, um, if you know what you're talking about with football. And, you know, the funny thing is is that we get, for announcers, we tend to get people who at least have some skill at announcing, or we mm-hmm. try to. Um, but I'm kind of, I, I wish it was the class. I wish people would actually, you know, have students do it and do it for every single athletic event. Because whether we're doing it as a revenue game or not, mm-hmm. um, they should be doing stuff like that. Because, you know, you training people to talk, intelligently about what's happening live is a skill and it's a good skill to have whether you even go into
0: um sports broadcasting or not not,
1: because you can use it in in so many other things to describe what's going on to get a handle on what's going on to improve your writing to improve your everything Mm -hmm. so you know it's called thinking it's this wonderful (laughs) thing that um,
0: we're not doing right now i believe colleges (laughs) are supposed to be doing
1: (laughs) so yeah so football is in the air um and uh, it's going to be fun.
0: Are you going to sing at a game again this year?
1: I am. I will be singing the national anthem a couple of times. Um, I actually already sang once for the, I was at Carolyn. I just made sure that everything was okay for a soccer game. And I was just standing there and they're like, we forgot the iPod. We don't have the national anthem. I'm like, give me the mic. (laughs) Give it to me. (laughs) We'll be fine.
0: (laughs) Well, I would like to see you. So let me know when you. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So that's, that's great. Um, it usually is. Well, you know, not to not to toot my own horn, <laughs> but I'm not one of those people that you know. The national anthem has gotten out of hand. It's really gotten out of hand. Whitney Houston was the first person to do it in in sort of this dr- overly dramatic style. I mean, and she was wonderful. Her mm-hmm. version of it is still one of the best. Right. But then everybody since then has tried to take that idea of the national anthem and make it their own. <sighs> which some people can get away with it. Most people can't. But. Especially when you're talking about non-pro singers... Not a good idea. Just keep it simple, right? And I'm 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 of the mind that they're really not there to hear me sing the national anthem. They want to get pumped up for the game, so I actually sing it pretty quick. And the national anthem, the actual song, started as a drinking song and had a fast clip. Mm-hmm. There's nothing sort of you know, oh dramatic I, about yes, it. Yes, I will stand here and sing for the next 27 <laughs> minutes dramatic. about our flag. <laughs> um, no, it was it was a rousing drinking song, and mm-hmm. that's why it was chosen. It was you know, not only should this be patriotic, but we're kind of a bunch of you know, we're <laughs> party. Happen, happening punks, as it were. Yes. And uh, so I sing it relatively fast and kind of power through it and make it, make it exciting and get to the end, hold the note, and then I'm done and let's watch the game because that's what we're here for. <laughs> let's go. Exactly. And uh, I get a lot of compliments on doing it that way because right. people are like, no, that's awesome. We really enjoyed the national anthem and we want to get to the game. <laughs> You know, and I
0: realized this weekend I went to the roller derby bout, and... Uh, oh, really? How was it? It was great, and they won um, significantly, but the local Helena team, and... The Hells, hell's Bells. bells. Um, Who'd they play? Dirt Road something or other. I think they were from, like, Coeur d'Alene or... Something like that. I should know this. I'm going to be in trouble. But um, what I was (laughs) going to say. The losers. (laughs) What I was going to say is that the national anthem was played just by an electric guitar. So Mm -hmm. nobody's saying it was just the electric guitar playing the national anthem. And I realized I really like it that way. It's like you know, very kind of rock Rocky, and roll. Yeah. And yeah. And they I hadn't really heard that before. There's a lot
1: of places just that just use a recording, uh, different types of recordings, you know, they'll have the full orchestra or the right. piano version or whatever. I prefer when it's sung a cappella, just yes. because it's more fun. Absolutely. Um, if a singer does it well, but I really don't like it, you know, like, and this is not to knock any of them, but it kind of is, <laughs> um, at Carol, when they have some of the parents sing, uh, and they try to do the Whitney Houston stuff. I'm like, oh. They
0: have parents don't. sing? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, wow. Parents of some of the student athletes. And, you know, they're they're fine singers, but it's like, you're not Whitney Houston. Don't try to be. Be yeah. who you are and get through it. You know, get it done. Get it well. Right. So, yeah, the national anthem. It's a delightful. And it's a really tough song. I, I you know, that's why true. they chose it. It's like, oh, let's pick something that's got a, a range that requires you to actually go <laughs> from down here all the way up to helium squeak. <laughs>
0: Speaking of Helium Squeak, how's the play going?
1: Great. Great. Um, we actually will finish blocking tonight and start run-throughs tomorrow, which or on Sunday, but I won't be there. Um, and that's about four days ahead of where we should be, which is really cool. So, When do
0: tickets go on sale? Um, actually, I think they started already. Okay.
1: Um, but yeah, we opened the 14th. So it's only two weeks away, really, which that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it's three it'll be weeks over
0: before you know it. Yeah,
1: it's three weeks of the show, and then we're done. Wow. Ta-da. So it'll be it'll be exciting.
0: You're gonna be exhausted. I already am. <laughs> well, you're gonna be more so. These <laughs> these Thursday mornings are gonna be like grouchier as we go. No, I don't think that we're
1: grouchier. I just don't, you know the whole hey, let's be perky in the morning. I right. think that, that that's. actually I'm not a,
0: generally perky in the morning. Yeah,
1: I think that's actually a sign that you're damaged. <laughs> Like if you don't realize that getting up in the morning kind of sucks, right? It's like, yeah, I'm glad that you're alive. I'm glad to be alive too. I just don't want to talk to anybody else you're I'm the not one that's been hiking there. the
0: mountain at six a.m. I Who are been you to talk?
1: Smoking, and I'm not perky. <laughs> I got up on the mountain. Oh. I was up on the mountain. I was hiking with um, Tom and Reed at one point, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were these ladies coming down, and we were up there early because we got there at five thirty, which you know, in my world, five forty two mm-hmm. um and started up the mountain and it was dark and these people were coming down as you know down. We had, yeah we had just gotten to about uh the halfway mark up the nineteen oh six and you know so the sun's out at this point but it's not high. It's not just it's just barely right. above the ridge line. And uh they come bounding down and they're like, Hi, good morning, how are you? You know, super perky and I'm like, oh no. There will be no perky <laughs> to these poor ladies and they're Uh, like oh
0: you actually said that out loud
1: yes (laughs) they were up early so ladies if you happen to hear this podcast or whatever means i really am sorry for saying that but wow it was way too early to be perky and i'm never perky on hikes i'm not those people that say that hiking somehow is fun they're wrong like, I don't get the endorphins during the <laughs> hike. That just doesn't happen. Two hours later, I'm high as a kite, but no, no. We'll see if that changes. It, well, it hasn't yet. It's been all summer, so. It's going to be weird when it
0: gets too cold to do it.
1: Yeah, I got to find something else. Cause well, I don't know that cold is really the problem, but ice on that mountain kind of scares
0: me. Yeah, don't do that. Then you end up with emergency personnel trying to find you. <laughs> exactly. And,
1: and he's dead it's on the not mountain. healthy. <laughs>
0: I just had a flashback to being in Chicago last week. I was in Chicago, you know, after or I think last we weekend. filmed. Yeah, we yeah, we, we recorded. recorded before I left. Yeah. Um, I had several experiences in Chicago where I looked around, wondering where the what would you do? Cameras were. You know that show on ABC. Where mm, they?
1: I'm not familiar.
0: Oh, there's a show on ABC. It's on like Friday nights, maybe because you have a social life. But um, <laughs> They basically have like oh, a I'm hidden sleeping. camera thing where different scenarios happen. And they're just um, oh. recording people, you know, who don't know it, putting them through different scenarios. The first one was I was sitting at this coffee shop and I looked over and this guy kind of leaned over and he was like, would you mind watching my stuff while I go to the bathroom? I was like, sure, of course. And I have this thing where when I'm in the city... I just feel like people always trust me. They're always asking me for things, asking me for directions. Um, I'm one of those people people who just, you know, is approached. So I'm sitting there and he gets up to go to the bathroom and I look over and he's literally got his computer, his work stuff, a credit card, a phone, all this stuff like, you know, just a few maybe like you know a foot away who does from me that? right but he leaves for 10 minutes who does that and i'm like i'm a stranger and here's his credit card and his wallet and his laptop and his whatever and i realize that he's asked to go to the bathroom and leave his stuff but he's like literally left a credit card almost like framed like you know here come take this and so i look around and i'm like oh my gosh what is happening you know where's the cameras camera? yeah exactly cuz <laughs> like will you be tempted by the credit card sitting on the thing which of course i wouldn't be but it was just interesting. And so finally he came back like 10 minutes later. Um, and then the other thing that happened is my friends and I were, we're out at a famous Chicago pizza joint and we had to deal with a table of drunk men. Um, you know, uh, no offense, are, to the,
1: as we like to call it, right? you hey, were out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no offense to the men in the world, but men in packs drunk is an interesting what is, thing. What is
1: the correct group noun for? Them yeah,
0: there should be men. yeah is, a uh, drunk men pack six
1: pack, pack or <laughs> right? A case.
0: <laughs> so they were really um, intoxicated and being obnoxious and like trying to engage with us and staring at our you know chest level and doing different things. And at one point, we basically rebuked them and said, you know. We're not interested. And they started like yelling at us, like using the B word. And, um, I don't know if I can swear on this show, oh, yeah. but yeah, basically they, this one guy looked at me he was like, you're a fucking bitch. And I was just like, Whoa, this is a family restaurant. Right. And so another, what would you do moment? Cause I look around and all these tables of people see that this is happening, that these mm-hmm. guys are basically like harassing us. Cause it was four women. And most of them just turned away. like, We're not even going to pay attention to the fact that this is happening. And then a table behind us, there was this guy with his partner and, um, he made eye contact with me to see kind of, you know, do you need any help or whatever? And we were able to handle the situation and eventually like one of them passed out in the bathroom and they all left and, but it was really obnoxious and it was just ironic because we were in Chicago for a sexual assault conference and had been at a training that day. Last week
1: about how you're trying to train people to intervene. Exactly.
0: Exactly. so we were, you know, just at a workshop earlier that day about sexual harassment. And then we're in this, you know, just trying to have dinner and being completely harassed by these drunk men who all looked like on an average day they would be good husbands and like computer programmers or something. They were just kind of, you know, over the edge. Well, they were just they looked like normal guys. It's not like, you know, and we always talk about that, but it's not like people look a certain way and they can still yeah, you can't tell a by their looks, right? But it was just interesting because I'm sitting there with some other colleagues and we're experiencing it. You See, know? and
1: I'm I'm kind of. Is- I would have expected you, and this is just the way my mind plays these things out, I would have expected you to stand up and introduce yourself by the way, I'm the head of this organization that's against harassment, bullying and sexual assault.
0: Exactly. What's your name? Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Just to watch them go
0: Well, I, you know, it always depends on my mood, so if I'm in the mood for engaging I would have done that, but I was really like I don't
1: know that that's engaging, I think that's more confronting
0: Yes, confronting Um, engaging would have been a different conversation but I was really like, please leave me alone I'm hungry. We'd been waiting for a table for like an hour and a half for this fancy pizza joint. And it was one of those situations where our tables were literally like this far apart from each other. Cause mm-hmm. we were at kind of one of those long extended booths.
1: Right. You didn't realize it's radio this far apart. You know, it's like six inches. <laughs> yeah. Six five inches. inches. Is what she's
0: saying. So, so, uh, but it was just one of those situations where you felt a little bit out of control because you couldn't really control your environment. These people were saying or doing things that, you know, If you engaged with them, they would have been more agitated, right? So it's just one of those things where sometimes standing up for yourself is difficult because you're in a situation where it could um, get worse right? You're you're always going to be somebody who stands up for themselves. I'm just saying (laughs) that
1: we can go back to
0: when we first (laughs) met. I'm the kind of person that I make choices. Sometimes I choose to engage and like confront the behavior. And sometimes I just want it to go away, you know? And in that situation, we did a little of both. We were kind of like, we are not going to talk to you. We don't want to engage. When he said that to me, I said, you know, that's, that's not okay. And if you don't stop treating me that way, I'm going to tell the Um, owners or whatever, but yeah, what I was most fascinated by and always, I always am fascinated by is the fact that people around us reacted very differently, you know? So the bystanders, as we were talking about last week who were behind us, who made eye contact and wanted to make sure that we were okay. The man with his young, um, sons just acted like nothing was happening, you know, which I just thought was really interesting because what does that teach the young you sense yeah,
1: and I would I would ask that same question, but I also wonder, you know are the kids anything but oblivious in most cases?
0: right, and they so. may or may not be, but the point is that you know when you see that kind of behavior and then you don't have a reaction to it or you're pretending like it's not happening, I just think about all the times where you know especially um, you know the harassment of gays and lesbians or women or whatever it's just interesting to see how people react and if they're going to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so we got to have some of those great experiences. And then the only other weird experience is I was standing on the street again, like looking at a map, trying to figure out where to go. And this is the city for you. This guy comes up to me. He's like, you have really nice feet. Randomly. Hold on. Right. (laughs) (laughs) this random again fairly normal looking guy (laughs) just sandals just like flip-flops you know and he's like you have really nice feet i was like oh thanks he's like they're very kissable and i was like ran the other direction because i'm like (laughs) what is wrong with a strange person who comes up to you and tells you they want to kiss your feet Mm. that is not okay okay
1: so (laughs) so chicago was fun all around i would like to point out you have much stranger uh, things happen to you in the season i like i'll go there and like a starbucks will be out of coffee
0: (laughs) right (laughs) i've had that happen well now you understand why i'm like what would you do cameras must have been following me everywhere because well i just felt like i was was in some sort of yeah exactly they never had me sign anything nobody approached me to sign some sort of you know, well, you're disclosure a public figure statement. because you're running for office. Yeah, exactly. They, don't have to. they can do what they want to. So, had a great time in Chicago, but That's some interesting That's cool. so, um,
1: how was uh, Miss Brazil?
0: Oh, my gosh. So, at this conference, I, uh, you on. saw my picture. Um, I,
1: I actually didn't see your picture. I was so busy over the weekend and just swamped with stuff. I haven't even looked at Facebook oh. really since and haven't caught up, but on I stuff.
0: told you I was going to see her.
1: You told me you were going to see her. And here's the thing. Like I know who she is. I've heard of her before, but I've had like three people that listened to the episode last week. go, who is she? So, oh, explain.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I'll do my best. So Donna Brazil, um, as far as I understand has been a democratic political strategist for many, many years. Um, you could read her bio, I'm sure, but she ran Al Gore's campaign mm-hmm. in 2000. She's an African American woman from, um, New Orleans and, uh, you know, obviously talks about women's issues and, economic and racial justice. Um, If you know Ms. Magazine, she writes a monthly column in that. Very cool. So she is a democratic strategist, but from a very progressive kind of social justice framework. And I've always – loved reading her stuff and was really looking forward to meeting her. And of course she did a keynote at the conference I was at and it was fabulous. It was very down home in the sense that she's from new Orleans. So she has that kind of Southern charm thing going on and talked a lot about like as a movement. So as people trying to end sexual violence, how we could, you know, maximize, um, our ability to make change given the current environment, Um, She also talked a lot about women running for office and the importance of doing that. And um, I had an opportunity at the end of her speech to go up and introduce myself and got a little picture and it's on Facebook and stuff. But (laughs) it was really, really great to meet her. And she's written a few books. And so that was really inspiring. What I found interesting is in person, she's a beautiful woman. And I was watching the Republican National Convention um, last night, and she's one of the commenter or commentators. Is that how you say it? Commentators. Yeah, which I've um, never
1: understood because they're commenting. Yeah,
0: so commentators. Or, right. It's they're, like they're, they're commentators transformers, as to right? non-commentators. <laughs> so she was on the same panel with like Diane Sor- Sawyer and George Stephanopoulos or whatever. What was that CNN or ABC? ABC. Okay. She's a commenter commentator for um, ABC. Just go with talking head and. Oh my gosh, the camera lighting was horrible. They just totally changed the way she actually looks in person. You know, her hair looked much grayer and it just kind of washed her out. And it was just interesting to like have the experience of meeting somebody in person mm-hmm. and then seeing them on TV like days later. You look so different.
1: Well, I don't know what's been going on with the, the, um, conventions because, well, it's the TV stations. Cause I saw Fox and I saw, um, CNN And I don't know if they pissed off every makeup person in the world, but everybody looks like crap.
0: Yeah. Or the lights are too bright.
1: Megan Kelly on Fox. And she's beautiful. She kind of cracks me up because she has this weird liberal streak through her that just Mm -hmm. pops out randomly and (laughs) takes people on, which just makes me giggle. Um, Because I don't think she's even aware of it. Um, But her makeup, for some reason they had done like a highlight line on her brow and on her cheekbones. And I'm like, well, that's a great trick for a drag queen. (laughs) And
0: then they gave Except her eyelashes. We can actually see you. They
1: gave her f- fake eyelashes that look like they weigh seven pounds. Oh, my god! She's going to have the biggest muscle above her eye. <laughs> it's going to look like somebody punched her.
0: Well, I don't know what's going on down there because, like you said, everybody looked oh, off. Yeah. And, and it and was like the lights were too bright. And most but, you know, the men when you're an African-American, no you, can't, you, you can't do all of that. You know, well, there's you a whole. Well, there's no, no. I'm just them. saying you can really make somebody look bad if you don't well, you, have the right lighting. Well, you, you know? can make anyone
1: look bad with the, with the wrong lighting. I mean, there was a great trick, actually, speaking of drag queens. There was a great trick. That they used to do is which is uh, throw on a red filter or red gel Uh over the lights because all their makeup disappears.
0: (laughs) Oh boy! (laughs) But if you have a panel of white people and one African American person, you have to adjust the lighting because it's different.
1: Well, or 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 know that you're doing the makeup for you know lighting that's going to be super bright, so you have to make sure the shadows make it. It's really
0: unfortunate because she's a beautiful, you know, vibrant looking woman. And last night when I was watching TV, I was like, I would never have guessed that was the same person. Can you
1: imagine? Okay, so have you been to the convention? Are you going? Oh no. Um, no, thank you. So have you ever been to one before? No, but I've watched them all. Can you imagine what you go through to be there? Oh. Apparently, everybody's been talking about how Tampa is basically a military zone. Oh there's right. drones flying overhead. security yeah. get through is is impossible and,
0: <laughs> you know Rachel I, Maddow was doing a program the other night. she was talking about how you couldn't bring string into you know some radius of the convention, not string but like wire. Right, so you could have wire that was this long, but not this long. She was doing a whole thing about it. Really, Why? in terms of security, who knows? Because you could th- you could like you know strangle somebody, tie them down, something or other with the wire. You could braid your hair and do that. Exactly. <laughs>
1: I don't understand.
0: No, I have not been to a convention, but I am excited for Denise Juno. You heard she's speaking. Yeah, Denise the- is
1: speaking, and isn't Schweitzer speaking as well?
0: Well, I just read the list of women, so maybe Schweitzer is, but there was a big deal about what ten women were. Well, it was just this news story about that ten different women were chosen to speak and Nancy Keenan um, right. and Denise Juno, both who are from Montana have been asked and to speak.
1: Nancy is now she's retiring from her position. She correct? is.
0: She's not yet retired. She has another, I think six months to a year.
1: Yeah. So it'll be after the, <coughs> after the election, right. after the, after everybody's sworn in. Yeah. So those but, of
0: you who don't know, Nancy Keenan's a big name in Montana, especially yeah, a big
1: part of politics. And she's yeah. coming
0: back here. She's moving back home. Yeah. She's going to make some waves. So that'll be fun. Cause I'm she's, sure. she's one of
1: the, I'd love to have her on the show, but you know, <laughs> No. Oh, we'll put the, that we'll would put, be quite the catch. We'll put the uh, adult tag on that. <laughs> exactly. Um, speaking of guests, though, I actually was online the other day and I've been listening to. Um, do you know the comedian Jackie Cation? She's hysterical and she has this podcast called The Dark Forest. The Dark Forest? Yes. <laughs> um, she's a ranger of the Dark Forest, but basically she just talks about the. Pe- talks to people. She has them on her show and she talks to them about the things that they dork out about.
0: Nice. Anyway, so she was I would uh, totally love to have that conversation.
1: Right. So well you'll love this because I was talking <laughs> to her and um she was talking about some talking she had tweeted to somebody, you know, Hey, I'd really like to be on your show. Just let me or I'm really sorry I can't make it on your show or something like that. Or they couldn't be on her show. And I just randomly tweeted back to her, I'm like, Hey, I'll I'll be on your show anytime and she's like, Great, what would you like to talk about? And I was like, oh, <laughs> Wait. And I, I was like, and I said, you know, if you can come to mine, and she's like, Oh, I love coming on shows. That'd be awesome. So, nice. um, I, I'm sort of throwing this at you because I where had, is had she from? Show. She's actually lives in LA, but she's from Wisconsin, Minnesota. Okay. Well, How I would see, that work? She lived in both. Uh, we'll do it online. We'll oh. have our Skype in
0: and we'll nice. record it.
1: Um, but well,
0: i I'm certain that at some point we're going to want to bring other people in. So oh, we yeah, keep absolutely. it,
1: keep it interesting. Yeah. Um, so it was really kind of funny because I was like, "Oh no, we're just we kind of dork out about politics, <laughs> which we do.
0: Um, politics more and than just justice. politics. Yeah, we but, dork out about a lot of things.
1: Uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm really excited because I've been listening to her podcast for probably five months. Wow. The first time I had never heard of her before because she and I should have because she was on Last Comic Standing like three different seasons. So her
0: profession is comic. Yeah, she's comic. a stand-up comic,
1: mm-hmm. um, and she's hysterical. Um, and, um, but I didn't watch Last Comic Standing because I can't stand that. Mm. I can't stand reality shows. I just can't do it. But or the um, guy that's the host of that show. Oh, I don't even know. Um, but she was on Aisha Tyler's, uh, Girl on mm. Guy podcast and she was hysterical and I was like, oh, I've got to follow the, you know, they, they mentioned the podcast and so i looked it up and added it to my list of podcasts that I listen to, which has now gotten unmanageable in the extreme. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's one of my favorites and she has these people on and they're so, you know, they're just, they seem kind of random. Obviously they're people that she knows or meets in different capacities, but, um, she brings them on and they talk about the things that they, they just get wildly excited about. And it's a great show. Oh, so I'm kind of excited write down for the title.
0: That. I'd like to yeah, the to dork you. forest. Yeah.
1: You can be I'm a, sure I'll a remember ranger that. of the dork forest. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we, we yeah, that uh, would be fun. I think we should have a guest maybe next week or the week after. Yeah. It could be fun. Works for me. So, yeah, um, the convention.
0: Yes. So, Denise Juno will be speaking, which is pretty great. And um, did you watch the Republican convention at all? I was watching it I've had rehearsal night. at
1: night, which has been, I've been really busy uh, during the day, and I've had rehearsal at night, so I've managed to avoid most of it. But last night, unfortunately, I got home, and it was on TV, and I was watching a little bit of it. And, like, Ryan's speech where he was talking about the plant – the GM plants and it's like, and he said mm-hmm. it would stay open and then it closed. And it's like, yeah, but it closed before he was president. Right. And I thought it was odd. Cause I kind of knew this talking point had already been dismissed. And I was like, I don't know why you're bringing it up. So I was talking to my mom about it. Cause you know, she sits on the other side of the aisle mm-hmm. and she's like, no, it closed after after Barack was, you know, signed or sworn in. And I was like, okay, maybe it didn't. I just got the timeline wrong or something. But then this morning, there's an article on Fox News about right. it, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, that didn't happen. <laughs> and I'm like,
0: oh. Well, and even e- either Fox way, Fox I News just feel like, t- like, yeah, you yeah. Lied. <laughs> I feel like when we assign, you know, blame to a president because of one mm-hmm. plant closing, I mean, the ways in which we connect Right. Well, there's, a, there's, to- there's two
1: parts to this. One, it is a plant in Janesville, Wisconsin, which mm-hmm. is um, the district that... Ryan's from. Right. So, one, there's that connection. And two, Barack actually did, excuse me, President Obama, well, he was still Senator Obama at the time, mm-hmm. uh, actually did do a speech in Janesville saying this plant won't close in 2007. Mm. So, you know, he was like, "You know, if feel elect to me," he, so there was some grain standing on both sides that kind of make it an. If you elect me, I'll keep it from happening. Right, you know this this won't go away. You know, but the other side of it is they were talking about the the cost for the benefits that that it was seventy bucks an hour for union workers there wow. versus the forty eight dollars for the Toyota plant that uh, down outside of the union state, and this is where. Yeah, I'm going to get in trouble with a lot of, a lot of mm-hmm. progressives for this.
0: Don't, don't even go down
1: this road. Well, this is, this is one <laughs> of those things where it's like, you know, how reasonable is that? You know, if it costs 70 bucks an hour for your plant workers mm-hmm. in their benefits, what is it that you're paying for? Because they aren't getting that great of benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, are you just not negotiating your benefits? Well, what's going on? Is I don't understand it because I you know I've looked at what my actual you know being a small business owner myself now and knowing exactly how much I spend, I, I don't even spend that much of, that high amount of money on me, mm-hmm. and I'm the CEO of my own company. It's not like if I had that kind of money coming in, I would spend it because I don't I don't see any I, I can't find a reason to. There's just not seventy dollars worth of benefits right. <laughs> that I need per hour. Not overall. I mean, I spend Walmart way over seventy bucks, but not
0: those positions or those jobs that were in that plant were probably pretty standardly high-paid jobs. You know, in terms of an hourly wage and benefits. But certainly, I mean, that's the benefits of union. Is they. Negotiate strong contracts.
1: Well, they do negotiate strong strong contracts, but if they negotiate to the point that they put the business out, I think that that's an issue. But the other side of it is that I see that the CEOs get paid so much that it's fucking ridiculous. Right? No excuse. And um, when I was working at GE, I I ran into a situation. I actually got laid off at one point, and I was like, okay, so you're laying me off because I was an employee. Mm -hmm. And then they brought me back as a temp. And I'm like, so you're laying me off, and now you're paying, instead of paying my benefits, you're paying a temp agency far more than my benefits cost, because now I'm not classified as an employee, you get to write these numbers different for Wall Street. Mm -hmm. You're dicks. Mm -hmm. So... I do understand both sides of the argument and I know it's a really tough balance between the two, but I think sometimes it gets out of whack and, and both sides go wrong, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I, I consider both sides have their issues. Right. Um, in most cases, I'm generally going to side with the worker because, because mm-hmm. we do get screwed and working for people all the time. I, I watch it happen constantly, but I also watch, you know, I also know that, you know, when my, when I was growing up, my dad constantly had to deal with the unions doing strikes on the bell system. And, mm-hmm you know he wasn't getting as much as his employees and he'd have to go and cover the switchboards and make sure that phone calls could go through to emergency services so mm-hmm. you know there's that other side of it that kind of goes well but wait a minute right you know so there's there's it's a complex issue it's never black and white
0: it is and i guess my concern is that um <sighs> unions have obviously played an incredibly important role in developing our economic system and right now And I'm not just saying this as a politician, but they really are under such attack that it concerns me when, like anything, we bring one example to the forefront and say, this is how all unions are. You know what right. I mean? And I'm not saying that's what you're doing. I'm saying no, that's what people that's do. That's what people right? do. But so,
1: I see well, the other side of it where it's like, people go, well, the police and the fire department shouldn't be unionized. I'm like, yeah, they also shouldn't be under attack. Right. Assholes. Right. You know, you should look at the police and fire as a necessary thing and a good thing that we pay for. And we pay them well. And the reason that we pay good people, we should pay police well is because we want good people to do that job instead of bullies who just want to carry a gun. Mm-hmm. You know, the but reason I don't that think we want we fire always, firemen yeah. to be paid well is because we know full well that if they're called into action, they are putting their lives on the line and their families could lose them. We are asking a hell of a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So we better pay them well mm-hmm. and we better have them insured and we better be able to take care of their families because we are asking them to protect us. It's the same thing we should do with the military. They should be paid well. They should be taken care of when they're brought home. They're, they're not. And because they're not, <laughs> that's a sign that something's wrong with our with the way we do stuff.
0: Right. Well, the way we value it. And I think that that's one of the things that unions have done is unions have actually brought in, whether it's law enforcement or um, fire departments or teachers or whatever, these people that generally wouldn't be paid well because we inherently devalue things that aren't you know private enterprise – um, they wouldn 't be paid well, and they're they 're receiving livable wages generally, or they 're you know in a position to continue to move up because they have unions representing them you right. know in the military that 's not true. there is right. no military in the union, and I can tell you that many of the lower divisions that 's not true they don 't have great benefits they don 't have great pay. No, no, no. And, and we the are putting them, them in the same sort of situations. You know? Right. And, well, and there's the other
1: thing that drives me nuts. Well, and this is the one that drives me nuts about the teachers' union. I don't think the principals should be a part of it. I think the principals are management. Just like at any other business, they mm-hmm. don't get to be part of the union. Sorry.
0: I guess I didn't realize they were.
1: Oh, yeah. They mm-hmm. are. And so the, both sides of the negotiation table in a union dispute are the union.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm
1: So it's very bizarre. The, that's, that's one of the things that drives me nuts about the teachers' union. But... There are many other parts of it that I like. I really think that one of the things that the teachers union needs to start to do is go, you know what? There won't be any more sports at these schools unless there's arts at these schools. For every sport you have, you'll have an art.
0: mm
1: Every one doesn't matter if it's boys or girls sure would be nice it well it's what needs to happen there needs to be music there needs to be band there needs to be choir there needs to be uh fine art there needs to be painting there needs to be all of those things at the school because i can tell you right now there are far more people that are going to succeed in the creative industries than are going to succeed in sports at a professional
0: (laughs) ain't that the truth it it is the truth absolutely and it's
1: you know it should be taught it should be it should be raised up and made something that we do Mm -hmm. so You know, teachers' unions, if you're looking for something to really go after them with.
0: (laughs) Well, because they have nothing better to do. They're just trying to defend public schools, period, let alone worry about that. But, you know, it'll be interesting because how unions are treated in Montana are going to be significantly impacted by the governor's race. I mean, I understand that both Republicans and Democrats support unions, but Rick Hill has actually come out pretty strongly um, making some kind of anti-union statements. And it would be uh, devastating to see what would happen to some of the public institutions. So non sequitur moment, completely random
1: synaptic misfire, but where, how do you feel about, and it's the public unions thing. um, Why is the governor involved with negotiations at all with the public unions?
0: You know, I don't know the history, history. (laughs) I don't know the history of that um, particular structure, but yeah. But how else would you do it?
1: Well, you'd have a legislative committee, Called the budget committee, right? Don't we have one? So we have yeah, a committee. I mean, that, we
0: have an interim finance committee. Right? But
1: they would be the ones that start the negotiations and and get something to a workable level, and then they take it as a bill before. But at least they did it. Then it comes from the legislature, who's they control the purse strings. They're the ones who're supposed to do this stuff.
0: I do think it's structurally flawed, and you know, last session was the first time that it ever was an issue. I mean. Before then, the governor negotiated it. They brought it to the legislature. The legislature approved it. So, you know, part of it is one of those things where you realize that something's structurally flawed because it didn't go right for the first time. Right. You know, yeah,
1: but if anybody, but I, I
0: would it. imagine that whoever came up with it at whatever time, part of it is because most of what he's negotiating is the pay of um, people, sort of within his administration, so to speak. So, you know, all of the various state agencies he appoints. <laughs> the directors of so they're all he kind of cons- he they're all considered part of the executive most well, of them. Well,
1: except for that. Here's the thing about the way Montana works is that we have all the members of the land board. They appoint to their own divisions. Yeah, but
0: the the pay plan um, benefits all state employees because they had to set it up that way. But it's actually negotiated by the employee unions, most of which the like attorney general's office, the secretary of state, those aren't unionized. Offices. Right. So most of the public employees, when we think about state public employees, are under the kind of executive branch right. divisions. So I, I'm sure that at some point it was because he's the highest authority within the executive. Right. Well, I guess that would kind of make sense, but that would
1: be okay. Then why isn't he sitting with them on that side of the table going against, you know, negotiating with the legislature? Well,
0: it sounds like it should be a three part. Negotiation, like obviously the governor has a role because he sets the budget for his. Yeah, but he, he could or be she, the, he could be. Maybe the, there'll be a she again uh, someday. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, but um, they set the budget for Martin. the. They yeah, no doubt. They set the budget for the various executive offices. You know, so oh, that's true.
1: Look, I don't care who gets elected. No, that's not true. I do care. <laughs> but um, either one of them, Rick or uh, Steve, either one of you get the office. I just want to be in charge of ITSD for six months.
0: <laughs> Why? What are you going to do? Uh, I, I, one and what is ITSD? Cause some people so may ITSD know.
1: is actually the IT department for the state. They take care of making sure how the internet works and all that sort of stuff for the state. Could and you do
0: anything about the legislative feeds?
1: Uh, yeah, well, that's one <laughs> of the things that would fall. One of the reasons they're so bad is because legislative services has had to take it on and do it themselves mm-hmm. instead of having ITSD do it. Because ITSD, one, doesn't want to, and two, doesn't do it right. And so it was really horrible. So they took it back in and did it themselves. Um, and ITSD tried to fight with them. So the legislature threatened to pull ITSD's funding. And there was a whole big brouhaha. Wow. From what I understand, I haven't gotten into the details of it. But basically, I just want to be in charge because what I want to do is there's one policy change that I would make, and that would be if you work in ITSD and somebody asks you if we can do something, the first word that comes out of your mouth is yes, or you're fired. It's that simple.
0: <laughs> so is ITSD a State Department or is it a it's part contractor? Of the, it's,
1: no, it's part of the Department of Administration. And what's funny is the head of ITSD actually isn't an appointed role. It's so far. It's far enough down, uh-huh. and I would change that structure too. I think ITSD needs to be one. It needs to be run by a department director. It needs to be its own department outside of administration, uh-huh. and it needs to have its own department director that reports directly to the governor and can be fired at any time. If stuff not, is not getting done as far as IT because what happened is ITSD started when they started putting computers in. Well, computers were never that it big a clearly deal.
0: Clearly evolved, right? Yeah. Ooh, sheesh. yeah, new and
1: structure. It, it hasn't evolved, and it hasn't kept up with how important. The the internet and networking and computers are to how we do our jobs. Exactly. You know, everybody does their jobs this way. And so ITSD is still bogged down in the. it's an outgrowth of admin because admin was the one who took care of getting the business machines and computers were business machines at the time. And they really don't, they never oh, evolved geez. to the point of actually being a service that they need to be.
0: And are and, they like, they're setting up systems, but they're also the kind of. Oh, they're the ones who have said technological support for all the state agencies. Did or, you
1: ever read Dilbert? A little bit. There's a character in there called Mordak. the IT. The, he's the um, defender of IT, or the and basically his role is to stop people from using their technology. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what ITSD has done, and it's not like they're bad people, but it's just their mindset is we have to protect everything, and so they say no all the time. That's their answer. Their standard answer to everything is no, uh-huh. and it's a fundamental change in how they see the world to tell them that the new policy is you have to say yes. And I will not only write you up, but the third time that you do it, that you say, no, I will fire you. Mm -hmm. And I know that there would be somebody who goes, okay, well, this policy is in place, but he doesn't actually mean it. And I would fire someone. Right and I would do it and they'd be gone and I and everybody would know why you can't say it because of course there's the employee you know protections mm-hmm. and whatnot that you have to do but everybody would know that that policy was in place this person broke it they are gone he's serious <laughs> and
0: I you know how there's, much staff do they have is it a staffing problem
1: no it's not a staffing problem it's an education problem And and what it literally amounts to is that they've got a bunch of people who are good in their area but never grow they don't do any training they never send them out to do new things they don't ask them to learn new technologies, and so they don't know what's going on. There was a request to put um, iPhones into the service. They're still using Blackberries at the state. It's 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you should be able to use any phone that you want. It shouldn't matter. Well, they were like, well, the, it doesn't connect to our email system. Yes, it does. It has since 2008. And it's perfectly secure, and you can wipe it remotely and set it all up, and it's not hard to manage. I can do it. I've done it. Mm-hmm. And What it amounts to is they don't go out and learn their stuff. They don't know the the details of what they're doing. And instead of embracing new technologies and finding new things and finding out, one, how it works, and two, how to protect it so that it's done right, they just want to stay in their little bubble and never go beyond Windows XP. You can't do that. We can't be effective as a state if you do that. Mm -hmm. There are other departments that have had to go outside of ITSD to get services done because ITSD has consistently told them no.
0: And then that's when we spend a bunch of money on outside contractors. Yeah, and we
1: and we end up with you know the Secretary of State's office under Brad Johnson got screwed.
0: Um,
1: And I don't really particularly think this was his fault. I actually think it's ITSD's. But basically, he needed a new (coughs) web service. Excuse me, a new web service to be done for uh, the notaries. Mm -hmm. Um, ITSD said they couldn't do it. It went out to bid. It went to this company that's since gone under, and it's a black box that nobody knows how it works. And if it fails, it's a problem. You know, so they're so they've been doing paper paperwork wow. to back it up just in case, you know, and and that's just an unacceptable level of duplication of work because ITSD can't get their act together. So yes, I want that department for six months. Okay, and it will be scary for them, <laughs> but it will also be one of those things. It's like okay, if
0: anybody have, from ITSD is listening and you'd like to come on and uh, discuss this with us, please well, let and, us know. And the funny
1: thing is, is I've talked to people in the governor's office of technology. I've talked to people in the secretary of state's office. I've talked to people. Um, at OPI about mm-hmm. what they're dealing with. I talked to people at state fund about what they're dealing with and none of them have anything good to, to, to say about ITSD, which tells me there's a problem.
0: So who who are these people under? Who's the department of administration chair or like head person, um, Janet something or other. I
1: don't know. I don't actually know her name.
0: Mm. Um, but the department of
1: administration is the largest department in the state, but it's got everything from everything. Um, the, the, Court reform and defense and uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know paper ordering and flower gardening and all that <laughs> stuff. It all falls under administration. That would be so much there. fun. Yeah, I mean it's it's a huge department. And it's ITSD Kelly or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and ITSD being as important as as it is to be so far down the chain is ridiculous. Um so, and part of, part of the reason that we spend so much money, I mean, there's a lot of money that goes into legislative services for their IT stuff and it's not managed by ITSD who should be doing it mm-hmm. and should be doing it well. And instead they're not because they've had this weird back and forth with the word no a lot and it just needs to change. So, mm. you know, I makes I think Steve Bullock is going to win. Um, my mom thinks I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> But I think it's going to be a close one. It is going to be a close race, but I, I, you know, it's the whole. I don't care which one of you win particularly because I don't think either of you are horrible guys. I have my preference, which is Steve, but that's you know because of some very specific things that I have Mm -hmm. problems with with Rick. But I also look back at Rick Hill's uh, record and I don't see anything that's like scary scary. He doesn't scare me like Mitt Romney does.
0: And I also think that Rick Hill, you know, eight years ago is different than Rick Hill today because. Rick Hill, eight years ago, was more moderate. And because of the political context now, it's like he has to take all these extreme positions. Right. Yeah, but it would be interesting to see what happens in reality if he were elected. If yeah, those and, would and, stand or not. And I also
1: have, and this is the other thing, you know, this is the discussion that I've had with several people. They're like, well, Bush was so horrible for the union. I'm like, no, Bush was, he, I don't think he was a great president, but I think he proved something very important. The states in the United States survived him. You know, the organization that we have survives mm-hmm. pretty well, from even even from somebody you consider horrible. And so that's what I keep reminding people on the right. It's like, oh my you may not like Barack Obama, but I would like to point out the worst president, in my estimation, we lived through. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we can make it through the one that's the worst in yours. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so they're never that bad. You know, yeah, I had couldn't this
0: believe when I was hearing the Republican convention, because I guess I just don't exist in many circles where I have to hear people trash um, President Obama so much, but um i'm sure this is always true, but it just seemed really um, they 're just not very respectful of him well they're not but
1: i I remember what people were saying about Bush, and they weren't very respectful of him either.
0: you know it would be really interesting to watch some of the speeches from that and this. I do think that, and maybe it 's just my view of it, but I do think there's always kind of a racial like other he's different undertone that i don't know if that's the same as what when we talked about bush we were talking about policies or his not being very smart or whatever you know so i think it depends on how you look at it but it, it was it's hard to watch it's hard to watch people um also feel so frustrated you know like that they actually are Walking around thinking that things are so bad right now, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and, and their perspective is that things are like, falling apart, and we and don't the have freedom is, anymore, and, and the economy is being destroyed. And I'm like, have you looked at the stock market? It's exactly, above 13, it's
1: just it's higher than I'm it was sure any time that I felt that Bush.
0: depressed when you know somebody I didn't like was a president,
1: but. See, and and I think that's part of the problem. I honestly do. I think that we don't have this. Uh, God, we're going into politics. This is a wrong show. Um, <laughs> but I, I, we talk about politics sometimes. Uh, we're dorks. Um, but I, I honestly think because everybody sees the other and they have to define it in the worst possible terms, and I look at it and I'm like, he's got a different idea. You know, it's you may not like it. Like the one issue that's really pissed me off is, of course, the the gay rights issue, mm-hmm. and it, it's pushed me over the edge a couple of times. And I turn into my father and I just start to rant. <laughs> um, and which, you know, when my mother and I get into it, it's it's kind of funny. She's like, "Yeah, but there are other issues to think about." And I was like, "No, there's really this one issue." Not when and, it's your identity, and and it's not even that it's well, yeah, it is part of my identity. But the the thing about it is, if they can't figure out that equality is the basis for everything else that we do. Mm-hmm. And they can't see me as e- an equal citizen, then everything else that they do is suspect. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's where it comes from. And, and it's because it's not because this is the only issue. It's because this is the first issue. This is the primary issue.
0: That is such a good way to frame it. And I think that so many people make it out like, oh, why are you a single issue person? Right. It's and not about single issue. Well, it's about but it's taken me,
1: it's taken me months to get to that point to, to frame the argument that way, because I was saying I was a single issue person. And I'm like, no, I'm not a single issue person. There's plenty of other things that I think are needing help and need to change. Mm-hmm. But this is the primary issue. And this is the, the issue that if we can't solve solve this then we really can't solve anything else because all of our all of everything that they're going to do if they get this wrong is suspect everything that they're going to do is going to be colored by this because this is the base issue they're defining a group of people as an other that can be discounted right and as soon as they do that they have an enemy they can fight and they're basing everything off of fear and it's just I don't know what I'm doing with my fingers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, You guys can't see this, but (laughs) Kevin's doing a whole lot of finger motions. Uh,
1: (laughs) But it's basically, it all radiates out from that point. And if that point starts out corrupt, then that's a problem with everything else that they do. And, Right, I, you know, it finally you corrupt know, it, is an interesting word to use. But, I but think that's ex- that it, but that's exactly what it is. It's it's a corrupted worldview, mm-hmm. and because they don't see everything as equal, and I think that it's really kind of what's wrong with the right because they see that there's this group of people that they can attack, and it has led them to be the the party that they are, which is really, really, really extreme.
0: And let's not. Confuse this. They also attack women. Oh yeah, they so, do.
1: But that's because the, I got two first they attack, issues. They, they also attack Muslims, right? And you know, yeah. people that aren't Christian.
0: That's the complexity, though. Is like when people want to say you are a single issue. Well, I am a couple of single issues, but I am you know strong on those issues. Like right. like you said, they're primary. There, if you don't respect these things these about who parts. I am and what I have, then you know we can't really talk. Yeah.
1: Well, and that that was the other part that I was having a discussion with my mom and she goes well if you open up the conversation with listen you douchebag <laughs> they're probably not going to listen and right. I was like I don't start off the conversation with that that's usually line two we should
0: also <laughs> offer that if you ever uh, misquote your mom she has the right to come back oh, on yeah. here and tell us yeah. what was actually well, the, said
1: you know, but that was the one that was the one yesterday and I thought that was uh, funny. I, I thought, well played ma'am well played
0: well played <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it, you know it is one of those things and it's You know, I do think that in, and I was talking with Marilyn about this, she was like, well, I got to be the ambassador to Queens. And she was talking about working with, uh, um, She was at a Methodist conference and Mm -hmm. um, everybody should go listen to that politic boom episode because Marilyn was awesome. And she was talking about a lot of stuff that's happening with truth and progress, but um, she was talking about this incident where she was with this guy who had gone through conversion therapy and, you know, he'd found Mm -hmm. his wife and everything was great and la la la. And we're all like, Hmm, interesting. And um, they went to this very conservative breakfast and he introduced her as a friend And she got to meet all these people who were like, no, we really don't believe this stuff. It's very nice to meet you. I'd like to talk to you about my granddaughter or this, that, the other. And so she was the ambassador from Queens is what I like to call it. But that's, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was living in Maine, same thing. I was very out. I am very out now. It's Mm -hmm. not like anybody who meets me doesn't know right away that, you know, oh, look, flames (laughs) on his head. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, you know, it's not like they don't know. Um, I think that's it's important for us to not go and hide in. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that people who live in San Francisco or New York or whatever are hiding in the ghetto, in the gay ghettos. But I honestly think a lot of times when you live in rural America, you escape to the cities because I did, and that's exactly why I was like, I've got to find my tribe. Mm-hmm. But I have enough self confidence now and enough knowledge that being back in Montana in a relatively small city Mm -hmm. and being out isn't an issue. And people who have issues, I can confront in intelligent ways and try to change their mind. And sometimes I win and sometimes I don't, but at least I'm trying, you know? And and I think, I think that's a very important thing is that we all need to be ambassadors for our tribe.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's remarkable when you're in a city or when you're in a more urban area and just how, much more you know integrated um, gay people are into the world like there's less of that issue and I think being an out gay person in Montana you still are operating in a world that doesn't necessarily understand um, but is actually way more accepting than you would think you know absolutely Um, I I don't worry about that kind of stuff I hold my partner's hand um, you know affectionate in public, not trying to hide it from anybody. And I think that um, it sometimes has to occur to me that other people might take notice, but generally I think I haven't had a problem, but I also know a lot of my friends who don't necessarily conform to gender norms who have a lot more issue. And I think if anything, that's the work that we need to do even more so in, in rural parts of our country is just to, it's one thing for people to understand, you know, gay and lesbian, right? And they're starting to come to terms with it, but they're right? They're because still it's another this, binary, right? There's still this idea that like men look a certain way and women look a certain way, and and um, we
1: don't fit that exactly. idea exactly. <laughs> and gender identity is like
0: really complex.
1: So of course, you know, we would look more like that if I'd stop wearing the tutu and you weren't wearing the football uniform, <laughs> I know but exactly. You know.
0: So, anyways, um, I don't even know how we got on this particular topic, but I don't know
1: either. Welcome to the room, Barack Misfire. Oh, oh right. so
0: the Republican <laughs> convention ends tonight, I think, right? Romney speaks and then. Yeah, Romney next at 10 week,
1: p.m., I guess, uh, will it officially accept the mantle of candidate. I just cannot believe
0: party. that that's who they picked as their candidate, I have to say. Why? I don't even know if we have enough time to go into it all, but I just feel like. Um, just sum it up. For me, obviously, I don't agree with his stance on various policies, but he Which just... Which So many of got, them. He's got two, on most. Right, exactly. And well, that's part of it, but he's also just like... He's so robotic and like empty phony to me, you know, and I'm sure everybody thinks that about politicians, but some of them are See, actually a, more realistic. And this guy just feels so empty. What's funny about
1: this is that, OK, so he does feel that way to me. Too. He feels very plastic. Oh, and my god. And then gosh. his wife feels plastic as well. Absolutely. And then but what's really funny is Ryan, who I just I don't trust him. But no, comes he across feel as plastic. no, it comes across as far more human. N- not a good human necessarily,
0: but <laughs> oh yeah, he reminds me. I mean, I don't know how old he is, but he reminds me of people I've lived with my whole life, like yeah, people he's I a, went He's to just our with. generation. He's, he's just the first gen. Yeah, X-er he's to be. much more down to earth and people are going to believe him. I don't like agree with him at all. Um, I just feel like he is a person and he tells you what he thinks and it's actually real. and And, and, and even if, and this is the thing that I
1: really like about Ryan is that he tells me what he thinks and I may not agree with it, but at least I know where he stands. Exactly. You know, and even if, if if I don't agree with him, I feel like I could go up to him and have a conversation and walk away from it knowing that at least I tried, and hopefully I made some sort of difference in it. Like, I could have a conversation with him and change his mind. I feel like I could have a conversation with Romney, and he would tell me he changed his mind, but nothing would change.
0: Yeah. No, Ryan is absolutely one of those politicians who... And I obviously have dealt with a lot of politicians in my life up at the Capitol and stuff, and you mm. can tell the difference between the people who are like authentic and mean what they say and whatever. And those are actually sometimes the scarier people, because if they have opposing views than you, then they are as dogged about it as I am, you know? Right. But the people who are like empty and kind of, you know, plastic or you don't really know where they stand. And you just feel like, I mean, whatever he says tonight, I ju- it's going to have um, an empty quality to it because he won't, I don't feel like I'll feel that he's, actually believing what he says, you know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes that's just about a good performance. And a lot of people, uh, accuse president Obama of being a good performer, but I don't know. I just can't believe that's the guy they picked. If anything, I would hope that they would find somebody that was a little bit more depth. So know?
1: I was having another discussion with my mother, but actually
0: I'm glad they didn't. Cause then hopefully they won't win.
1: Yeah. I, I think that honestly, if, if the ticket were, um, well, and, you know, Romney taking the lead has been weird the whole time. But if it, if it, if he had managed to convince Condoleezza Rice to be mm-hmm. his VP, I think he'd be a much more dangerous ticket. I honestly think if it was night. Condoleezza Rice and Paul Ryan running... Barack would have a hell of a race, Mm -hmm. like to the point that I think he'd almost have to dump Biden and pick up Clinton. (laughs) Clinton. I honestly think he would.
0: Yeah. Condoleezza
1: did a great job last night and and she's phenomenal. And and like her politics or not, the woman knows her stuff and Mm -hmm. she's super good at standing up in front of people and looking at them like they're crazy when they throw bullshit at her. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's a very dangerous weapon on the Republican side and, and they're not using her. And she
0: had stepped out of politics for a while. And last night seemed to be a reintroduction. When her book came
1: out, she was on the Letterman show Mm -hmm. and Letterman is not a fan, Mm -hmm. not a fan by any stretch of the imagination. And she not only handled that interview really well by the end of it, he was a fan.
0: I love women that do that.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, her, you may not like what happened when, you know, she was in office when she was secretary of state. Um, But she's still, you know, she was given a really shit hand to deal with, and Mm -hmm. she dealt with it, and she did a really good job. I mean, I I disagree with some of the choices that made sense. She's seen as a really strong
0: woman, which is hard to get people to see, you know?
1: Right, and and she's african-american obviously and right. and you know she's got a, a doctorate in foreign policy and you know and she's
0: seen, she's respected by the military
1: and and, and both sides respect her so mm-hmm. you know the independence it's really easy for them to go for that and i honestly think that she's a much more dangerous weapon but i think the part of the reason that she didn't run is because she doesn't buy into a lot of the stuff that's going on with the extremists in the party
0: oh absolutely she doesn't how could she i mean so yeah so anyways, next week is the Democratic Convention. I think it starts... Now, who mid-range. do you know that's going? Because I know, like,
1: I think there's like so 12 people.
0: There are people going yeah. from Montana. And I was part of the, like, nominating convention that happened back in June. Um, I would guess that there's probably 30 to 40 people going, maybe. Wow. And it's all about whether or not you can raise enough money to go. Because it's a pretty expensive trip. Um, so, like, you were nominated by... Parts of the party I can't remember how it worked I think if you're a Statewide elected official You have an automatic Nomination And then there was people elected from different kind of constituencies within mm-hmm. the party. Um, but basically if you're elected to go, Oh great. You're to go, but you have to pay for it. So I have a lot of people I know who are wanting to go, trying to go and having to raise the funds to do so. But, um, there's a good handful of people that, you know, are kind of in the political circle that I know that are going and it should be an interesting time. it should um, be very
1: cool. I hope they do some sort of, you know, notes from the floor or right, something. exactly.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure somebody will be tweeting. I'm sure they will
1: yeah. I should maybe give him a mic and let him do a politic boom there and just be like, "You know what i don't even need to host the show. just make it happen. Just record something. I
0: do feel like me. Obama needs to um really motivate his party so I think oh, they will I, th-
1: I think they've got some surprises up their sleeves because we haven't heard anything from them, and you know the best kept really secret quiet. are when they when they just kind of sit back and go, "Okay, you do your thing, and we'll have ours next week, and we'll show you how it's done mm-hmm. and uh, there's no better team at that than the Obamas. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. that's just not. That's true. So, so it'll that'll be fun. What else do you have going on? What do you, what do you have it's coming Labor up? It's weekend? weekend. It is. It's I'm, a holiday.
0: I don't have anything coming up. Enough I mean, basically like? yeah. it depends. I went out on Tuesday cause it was like 90 degrees jumped in the lake. Um, it's not supposed to be as warm. I have to do doors, lots of door knocking over the next few weeks. So, hmm. um, doing a little bit of that. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, just gonna, When's your billboard go up? I know. Um,
1: is it still just the month of October? So October yeah. 1st to... The,
0: around then. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'll let you know. I keep driving We're through working the intersection. I keep driving through the You're intersection like, Where's going, where is where where is it? No, it's not until October. <laughs> I keep thinking it
1: is October because everything's happening so fast. I'm yes. Like,
0: ah! No, I get a, I get to stick around here this weekend, so it'll be nice. Cool.
1: I'll be in Oregon in Southern Oregon and Portland, Oregon. And, uh,
0: we'll drive carefully.
1: Oh, I will. It'll be fun. I'll get to listen to all the podcasts in the world. Nice. It's like thirty hours of driving this weekend. Fun. Oh boy. But you know that's always good.
0: All right. So, are you hearing from people that are listening to the show?
1: Um, a couple of people actually. Yeah, um, one of my castmates actually. He's like, I listened to you and Kelson, and I'm like, which one? He goes, all of them. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> well, those oh. of
0: you who are listening, let us know if you want to hear something else. Yeah. Or if you if you have, have some any topics. feedback,
1: yeah. Um and. Uh, by all means, rate the show in iTunes because that helps get it up so the other people can see it. And um, you can always go to the site, which is com, mm-hmm. and leave a note. Uh, like it, hate it, whatever it is that you want to do.
0: And Kevin's got several other shows going, so le- listen to those as well. I do. Well, Politics <laughs> Boom is like pretty consistent there's yeah, always a weekly. show every
1: week so um and it's funny because now was the 31st show so i've actually been doing it for 33 Holy weeks because i did have one show that i missed <laughs> that's
0: crazy I, I can't believe a day back in february we sat down together and now that's what's yes, happened. in an
1: empty storefront in the great exactly. northern town center
0: i'm so excited for you
1: yeah so that's been very cool um and it is a good show i mean marilyn was on it last week before that was uh chris mora or no shahid was before that then chris mora and then um yeah kim gillen before that's that. great so you know if you're looking for information on candidates that are running there's quite a few of them that have been on the show and you can find some very and interesting some of those stuff. people
0: are just political type people that are interesting yeah. to listen to as well yeah. so. and,
1: you know why are they involved in politics that's the other thing like many people don't get involved in politics because they're like well you know i don't want to be a politician well that's a, you're a citizen oh
0: there's a whole lot of other stuff <laughs> yeah. to do yeah
1: they're you're a citizen you should still be involved <laughs> Well, good.
0: Well, yeah. Listen to the other shows. Let us know what you think. Yeah.
1: And uh, if you want to get a hold of Kelson, you can follow her on Twitter at...
0: Uh K Young for HD eighty. Yeah, K Young for HD eighty. You can go to my website, KelsonYoung.com.
1: Right. I and can't believe you, I have a website. <laughs> I can't believe you're getting a billboard. I think <laughs> the it's the one thing I don't have. I have like nine websites. Right. Um and if you'd like to follow me, my Twitter is Kevham, K V H A M M. Um or you can go to my website, uh Ham on Rye. H A. You've been blogging a lot lately too. Yeah, I just want to see if I can again. Yeah. It's been kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. Good. All right. So anyway, Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Cool. Bye.